Well, that's odd. Where the words I recall saying out loud when I checked my email a couple of days ago. I was going back to school in an effort to have some semblance of purpose in my life. So I kept refreshing my email every couple hours because I was waiting to hear back from the counselor I was reaching out to. Among the typical promotional material and social media entries, of which there were thousands, I saw something that didn't seem right. It was an entry in my primary tab, the tab reserved for personal messages between you and another or actual important emails. Oddly, there was no sender, and the subject just said, remember. What made this attack unusual was that it didn't say my name or any of my family members' names like scams usually do, and this also avoided the spam folder. The other thing that caught my attention was that next to the subject was the number 8, implying that whoever sent this sent several messages or replying to the primary one. To my knowledge, this didn't seem like a scammer. It was avoiding all the flags. I clicked on my email to open it. I figured as long as I wasn't an idiot and avoided clicking on any links, I would be fine. At first glance, I seemed to be correct. This was a string of connected emails telling a story of sorts. I didn't have anything important to do other than waiting for the email from my counselor, so I began reading. I wondered why anybody would take the time in 2021 to write what basically seemed like a desertion to some random guy on the internet, and even more, how they even got my private email address. What I read, however, left me feeling depressed, empty. I don't have a word to describe it really, but that's okay. I was quick enough to copy its contents for others to read them, and I put lines marking the beginning and the end. Hello, how are you? Don't bother answering that with a type message. You won't be able to respond anyway. I'm sure you're wondering what this is about, and believe me, I'll get to that soon enough, but I just want to take a brief moment to reflect and look back on things. I also have just a few questions for you to answer for me. Again, not that you'll be able to actually give me the answer, as I'm sure you can tell, but, well, I feel like I'd somehow have them answered for me in the cosmos. What do they call the planet you live in? Here, the 8 billion inhabitants call it Tira. Have there been a catastrophic war in your time? Did you, by any chance, have a large scale war in your world as well? We had one almost a century ago, between the countries in Europe that resulted in the eradication of the German regime, of which its land was subsequently occupied by Russia. England and New Poland, in which in itself started a conflict in territorial dispute. Naturally, the allies of those countries, of which America specifically was allied with England and New Poland, had to back them up or face even more global scrutiny, and thus started the Seven Year War. I'm no historian, but the Seven Year War is something that is taught extensively in schools as I'm sure a major war will be told in yours if such a thing happened. I apologize if I'm starting to bore you now. I just wanted to lay foundation. It'll make more sense soon. Last year, in 2029, a celestial body came alarmingly close to Terra, closer even than the moon, leading astrophysicists knew about it years ago. And even more, 
knew how close it would get. They had calculated that there was a 1 in 45,000 chance that if the asteroid, that's what they called it before the melding, passed through a specific keyhole in space, then it would actually be on a collision course for Terra when it came back exactly 7 years later in 2036. Scientists have a sense of humor, evidently, so they named the asteroid Apophis, after the Egyptian serpent of chaos. Well, they were right in some aspects. Apophis did come close to Terra, so that it could be seen more than clearly with the naked eye. However, it wasn't an asteroid. Even as I type this, I don't think anyone knows what it truly was. It slowed down considerably once it reached the planet and then mysteriously came to a halt. At night, you could see the moon and then a smaller object not too far from it. It caused something that came to be called the melt. People all over were getting texts, emails, etc. from unknown people about seemingly random things. I had a friend who got several text messages from someone who was starting a vegetarian diet. The person was clearly texting someone they knew but my friend's phone was somehow intercepting the messages. For fun she tried to send some advice back since she started the same diet a couple of years prior but the messages wouldn't send. That was the common example from all around the world. People would get these odd messages from unknown senders and some would try to message them back but no one could ever successfully do so. Another odd coincidence was that the content of the message had some relevance to the people receiving them. Almost as if it just made sense that the specific receiver of all people would get that specific text or email. Forum boards on the internet would post the messages they got to an archive to try and decipher this worldwide phenomenon. There was no coherent pattern to the things people received other than the odd fact that people only got these messages during the dawn or early evening. And some of the things that you would read didn't make any sense. For instance, one person had someone text them about a place called Canada. That sounded similar to the new Canada, so perhaps they just dropped the first part of the name since anyone would have still knew what they were talking about. But then someone had something about a guy going on a date to say historical movie based on World War 4. What's wrong here was seeing a story movie for a date and World War 4. That was never even a World War 1. A lot of messages like this had arisen and they were quickly archived within the internet and official bodies within the government. I'm sure that if the government could claim complete ownership of these fringe artifacts, they would. But the population had already shared them like trading cards. Also, we found out rather quickly that the messages would delete themselves after a random amount of time. But no one ever had them for more than 3 days. This is what prompted the collecting of these messages. It was highly encouraged to post a screenshot since anyone could just write a fake message. But I suppose to that end, anyone could also edit an image and remove the sender. I would have been skeptical myself had I not seen them firsthand from my friends. I personally didn't receive any around the time, but I wish I did. It seemed cool to be able to be a part of this global easter egg hunt. Through the extensive amount of material gathered and the willingness of science to humble and open its mind, it was concluded that Apophis had somehow proved 
what many thought to be true for years, if not decades, the existence of multiple universes, through some fringe and poorly understood metaphysics, Apophis, whatever it was, had blurred the lines between planes and certain electronic elements from other realms of existence were fighting their way into ours, melding worlds, hence the name. This theory explained the mention of events that never happened or things that did happen but different in this mild ways. Something about electronic signals made them able to traverse the veil, but it was surmised that physical things couldn't get into our world, even if they could. Not even the sharpest of minds had the idea of how to even go about testing it. And what of our emails and texts? Could they leave Terra and go to Eden, Gaia, or Earth, as this planet has come to be known in some other universes? Maybe if a message was sent out, we'd get a melded message back referencing one of our own sent messages. The odds of that happening, as you can guess, would likely be astronomically low. Who knew how many universes were out there? We were getting emails and texts frequently, but it's not like we were being flooded with millions of them by the second. Unfortunately, the world will come to find out that, at the very least, metaphysical things could come into our world as a result of the meld, which leads me into the main purpose of this email. You see, it's wise to think of alternate realities, not as places you can get by traveling in one direction for an immeasurable amount of time, but rather think of them as layered one on another, almost occupying the same space at the same time, almost. But there are spaces in between these realities, and there are things that inhabit those spaces. I remember the news report earlier this year, I mean at this point, how could anyone forget it? It was a tragedy in New Canada. So if you were receiving news from another country, it had to be big, right? A woman was in the middle of an intersection, shouting at the air, making onlookers nervous, a typical public disturbance. The police were called to retrieve her and naturally many had their cell phones out to record the scene. As they got closer, she suddenly stopped shouting and looked around frantically. Then something ate her. We could see the video online from different points of view, but it looked like some force lifted her into the air and just bit a chunk out of her like she was jerky, and then ate the rest of her chunk by chunk. Naturally, this caused hysteria as people screamed and fled, but from what they didn't know, incidents like this began happening internationally and in increasing numbers. People were just being brutally massacred, devoured by some invisible force after talking or shouting at something. One man in Nippon that lost his life had given the world a crucial hint, however. Before he was ripped apart in his office, he shouted that they were getting in my head and whispering bad things to me, before he promptly mauled by this unseen force. Others in the building were also killed. But curiously, those that were spared while being evacuated had earphones in, listening to music while they worked. There wasn't any concrete evidence, but the speculation began to be made that somehow, someway, listening to something protected you from whatever was out there. This soon turned out to be true as attacks happened less and less once people began buying out any and all forms of earphones and headphones off of mere words and hearsay. 
I myself had a pair of red tooth earbuds that I used at work. During the initial international attacks, America had its first case on the west coast, but the country or rather its leaders didn't want to shut down for a threat that there was a clear answer to. The world kept spinning, so you had to get with the times. I'm not making it seem like we had to wear earphones every hour of the day because there was a pattern to the attacks. They only happened during the dusk and down, though why we were unsure. What was it about Twilight Towers that made whatever was out there so ravenous? But you were safe during the day and even in the dead of the night. Where did they even go? Did they go back to their realities and come back to ours during periods of Twilight Towers around the world? This further prompted the refusal of a national lockdown. The threat was easy to avoid and work around, even though some countries had their hands tied and had no choice. Hell, entire cities had death tolls of up to 100 a day. Third world countries were being systematically devoured due to the lack of a simple answer to save yourself from them. This actually started the golden age of swords with regards to musical recreation. Since so many people were inclined to listen to their music or podcasts while they work or traveled, many people began making music or starting their own podcasts in an effort to capitalize on the growing crowd. I personally had an extensive playlist of hip-hop and R&B, but I found myself growing in international musical taste to avoid the same things getting a sell. I also had paranormal podcasts I liked listening to, but they weren't scared anymore. Once the existence of actual unseen killer forces went from science fiction to reality, news broadcasts also began migrating to mobile media in an effort to keep up. This was appreciated as people wanted to know everything about what was going on and how safe we generally were. As said, America seemed mostly safe so far, mostly and so far. Through extensive analyzing and reviewing of evidence, along with loose theorizing, the entities that plagued the world became to be known as fairies, named after the mythical beings who tormented and punished men. The tragedies overseas, however, created the inevitable rise of religious propaganda, since some viewed them as punishment from God, sent to cleanse the world of the evil and filth of men to begin anew. Everyone was an adulterer, and this was the only way to repent. No one knew what they looked like since we couldn't see them, but it was hypothesized that they originated in some other in-between dimension and were able to slip into ours when Apophis started to melt, similar to the messages received coincidentally around the same time of day that the fairies became a real threat. No melted messages made references to man-eating invisible beasts, implying they weren't of any version of Tira. It was further hypothesized that they existed on a different frequency than us. This was the only explanation that would explain why they couldn't interact with the physical world at all. Not only that, but they had to speak to you before they killed you. Some fringe experts if you believe such a thing could even exist, figured that whatever they told you put you in a negative energy state and lowered your frequency 
and turning your body more to their level, allowing them to kill you. Whatever they said couldn't be good if the people shouting at them and the man in the office building for any indication. That would mean, theoretically, that right before you died, you'd see what they looked like, right? No one lived long enough to tell the rest of us. But what we did figure was that they were relatively large since people who fell victim to them were commonly lifted off the ground first. We also knew they couldn't whisper to you as long as you could block them out with sound during the dusk and down hours to take advantage of their nature. With their avoidable hunting schedule, it was easy to see why the world just decided to move on. Eventually, we just became complacent, and this threat became a reality of everyday life. Apophis, of course, was still in orbit as well, but the furries were an understandable distraction from this other anomaly. I already know what you're thinking. Several have tried. Nothing has worked. Our weapons don't exist on their frequency either, so even if you knew exactly where one was, furries seemingly couldn't be hurt. But as I said, it eventually didn't matter. People came to accept them. You knew the risks if you were out during dusk and down without earphones. Of course, the human population was actually decreasing as less technology developed nations were being turned into all-you-can-eat buffets. But people also came to treat them as a damn problem. What also didn't help was that us first world countries already felt that there were too many people and turtle countries were generally the biggest perpetrators of overreproduction. Of course, this is an insensitive viewpoint, but people have a tendency of making it big or being privileged and then kicking the ladder out from behind them. I wasn't fond of the lack of empathy, but I was torn as I myself felt that the world did have too many people. The answer to that, though, could be a decrease in reproduction and the spreading of technology. Giving more tech to less developed nations would lower the dependency of having children to help with work. Having infernal entities to the calling for you wasn't necessary. On the other side of the spectrum were the people who thought it was all one big hoax and that the government was going to use the earphones to send artificial brain waves into our minds to control us. This caused this schism since evidence proved that a furry being attracted to one person could potentially spell the end for those near them, prompting businesses to enforce earphones or headphone mandates which became stringent during twilight and daybreak once they felt confident enough to remain open during the melting hours, also known as reaping hours. Unfortunately, some of these people worked at my job that, for me, marked the beginning of the end. I was at work listening to a new beat that an up-and-coming underground artist released when I decided to take a break. As a quick word, one strategy people who had wireless earbuds used was to have one earbud in and an earplug on the other ear. That way one could charge and you could use one at a time to prevent both dying on you while the earplugs closed off the free ear. We didn't know if the fairies could just appear in buildings or if they got in through breaches such as open doors, windows, etc. So to be safe even inside. 
people kept their protection on, but turned down a bit so they could still talk to one another. And our option was to call someone you wanted to have a conversation with. These conversations obviously strained phones, which were desperately being manufactured to have longer battery life. As for Skypods, the earbuds most used, so breaks are where people would find the opportunity to charge them, hence the reason for my break. My phone wasn't about to die, but it was foolish to let it get to that point. On the way I saw a small group of my co-workers listening to a man I personally never interacted with. He worked in another department and was giving some lecture about how the government was lying to us the entire time. There were no fairies and all the videos that have been posted were all fabricated. He asked if anyone knew anybody that had personally been eaten by them and no one could offer a personal example. Furthermore, the main purpose of the media is to control and it is created to only tell you what they want you to hear. Wasn't it odd how news programs and networks so quickly adopted to everyone having their phones playing something for hours at a time? Also stores and businesses had security that practically forced you to put something in your ears as if working directly in line with a higher power. Finally, why was America mostly spared from the carnage of the fairies? Could it really have been all one big elaborate hoax? Apophis was just an object launched from a secret location to start this whole ordeal. The faces of the small crowd had a mix of feelings, some concerned and some angry. Some disagreed with him and told him that by not wearing any protection, he was putting us all at risk. But at risk from what? What was there to be scared about in his mind and others who thought like him? He would find out. Someone exclaimed they have got a melded message. These were still a big deal. Right before we switched our focus, the man's brow furrowed as if he was trying to focus on something. Someone asked if he was alright, and he said that he thought he heard someone say something about his late wife, and that he was the reason she was gone. He should go without saying. He had no earphones in. People looked around since there was no way. Anybody else could have heard it. He yelled at the crowd, demanding whoever said that to show themselves. He then looked in a direction and got perhaps the most genuine look of horror I've ever seen on someone's face. As he was lifted off the ground and an entire chunk of his abdomen was ripped away into oblivion. All in about half a second, immediately people began running and yelling and I was quick to go with them, unfortunately for my sanity, right before I turned away, I saw the sight of the screaming man's head brutally disappear into nothing, leaving nothing but a bloody stump of a neck. The workplace was evacuated as people began leaving, turning their music up desperately. Once outside, the sky made it clear to see the fatal mistake in the ranting man. If the melted message someone received wasn't clear enough, had he began his rant an hour sooner or a couple hours later, he likely would have been fine perhaps. Successfully able to sway the opinions of onlookers instead of being evidence for a very real and a very brutal threat. I got home that night and wasn't shocked. Was it trauma? Survival's guilt maybe? 
I know it was partly because I was frustrated and I wanted to know why. Why were we being killed? What did we do? These things have thrived long before meeting us. What did we do to them? They were clearly intelligent if they could speak, so they knew the pain they were causing. You couldn't convince me that they ate us for sustenance. Otherwise, there was plenty of life going around to feast on as well. It will also turn out that we weren't that special, my job that is. Attacks were on the rise all across America, with far greater collateral damage as people who refused to comply would attract swift death to others near them who shared their views. Sirens began being implemented to warn citizens of their evening hours. All the while, Apophis still lingered above, turning into an object of hate and fear rather than one of wonder. Was it linked to the fairies or were they merely a coincidental byproduct as the messages that preceded their arrival? People all around began speculating that maybe if we could somehow destroy Apophis, then all of this would end. But you can't just plant a nuke something in space last minute. It would take preparation, furthermore. No one even knew what it truly was. We only knew what it wasn't, an asteroid. Could it even be destroyed? Would there be ramifications? But true to human nature, no one gave up. People, some of my own family included, kept making music and creating podcasts to take advantage of the new demand for the hobby and the world to stay connected through audio social media. Sign language courses were also seeing a huge rise in demand as well. I myself became interested in learning. What gave some semblance of peace was that most of the day you were safe regardless of whether or not you had earphones in. Only when the public alarms and notifications went off warning after evening hours did you have to resort to your earphones. Even on cloudy days you were safe, oddly enough until those hours for the next few months that followed the melt, the world and even its first four countries got grounded and humbled back to reality and people were steadfast with their protections. There was the incident of the solar eclipse which caused a spike in deaths in areas of the country where it was most prominent. Clouds were irrelevant but eclipse weren't. Was it the artificial twilight created by the rare event? Our luck of all times, right? If only we knew what was in store for us. Roughly about a year after the melt began, Apophis did something no one could have predicted. It exploded. Something collided with it as cameras aimed at it would tell us. Bright cosmic dust stretched from horizon to horizon. It was even very visible at night, lighting the sky at night more so than an aura. It was like wisps of faint sunlight stretched and indulging in the night sky, but the horror struck during the day where you saw the dust covering the glow from the sun significantly effectively creating a perpetual dusk. Just like in a horror movie, alarms began sounding once the result of this catastrophe made itself known. All over you heard news of people getting killed left and right in high numbers during hours they should have been safe. Every hour was reaping hour. Somehow, Terra's gravitational field welcomed the cosmic dust and Terra had a blanket over it making no part of the world safe from ongoing twilight. Not only that, but 
something changed with the fairies. Somehow they were slowly seeming to attune to our frequency. They still had to whisper to you to kill you and you still had to listen to them. But they could interact with physical objects to a limited degree at this point. Doors would be knocked on or even have their knobs turned, making these beasts able to invite themselves into people's homes and once inside, who even knew how to get them out or how to defend yourself. Things began to descend into madness gradually. Lockdowns were implemented until the cosmic dust went away, but would it ever go away? America's homeless problem fixed itself in the most scream of ways, and then naturally, minorities found themselves being killed in greater frequency as many couldn't afford decent quality earphones that didn't stop working weeks after purchase. The fact not helped by people hoarding pairs they did find and companies being unable to keep up with demand. America began to current in entire states that began to be ravaged in notably higher numbers by the fairies. But what good would that do? All you'd stop are people from leaving, not the things killing them. States like Texas, South California and Tennessee for example were hotspots. I lived on the east coast but our leadership was quick to implement safety measures. Even jobs were shutting down, save for those deemed essential to keep the country running. I remember going to the store to pick up groceries and there was hardly anyone there. Hell, there was hardly anything there either, including toilet paper and non-perishable food. This caused an uproar nationwide as some people were literally being told to risk our lives to go on to work while others were able to sit on their couches at home while being looked after by the government. But even us essential workers would come to get our dues. One case over Virginia saw a woman working while responsibly wearing her earphone. When suddenly something took it out, eyewitnesses say it didn't fall out. It fell too far from her body for it to have been asleep of the earbud. I'm sure you can guess what happened next. That was it. The fairies were going too far now. And truly, no one was safe it seemed. This of course caused panic as the world all around, not just America but all nations, began literally shutting their doors. Some countries were even going dark or flat out becoming silent. The news was still being broadcasted. Albeit very limited and the amount of podcasts and people making music began to dwindle. Either they were being killed off one by one or people just started losing hope. What was the point anymore? How long until the fairies didn't even need to whisper to you anymore? I began to get desperate as did many others. Food was being rationed out by an agency risking their lives to deliver rations to grocery stores. And you were limited in what you could buy. While I could get supplies for myself, I had pets to feed and pet stores right. They really did, but couldn't remain open among the chaos. One store that I visited closed when someone was attacked inside during one of my visits. I didn't see anything thankfully, but I heard it from the other side of the store, and those of us that were shopping quickly rushed out in panic. People's routine amounted to either staying inside with at least a single earbud all day and night or going out for a limited time to get supplies for their families, risking their life as the fairies began to mess with people by taking out their earphones, even while we slept. Oh yes, the sleeping itself didn't protect you either, so 
People had to sleep with earbuds in throughout the night for extra precaution. With this newfound prospect, first taking out people's earplugs and earphones, one method people used was to use gauze or torn athletic wrap to seal your protection on. Of course, if you were foolish to not take proper measures to seal your home, a fairy could get in, at which point it was anybody's guess as to how long you had. Not everyone could handle the decline of modernized life. One of my neighbors in the condo next to mine told me that this was no way anyone should live. I agreed with him, but he just stared into the dimly lit horizon. I told him he should get inside, but he waved me away and got up and just walked off into the distance. I never saw him again after that. More and more people were going missing and it got to the point where I was hearing less and less from my own family. As if things couldn't get any worse, randomly throughout the day, there were reports of howling. I myself heard them too over my music and they were unlike anything I have ever heard, like the mix of an elk roar and a man and a woman screaming in agony, all at the same time. It didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what was causing them, besides, how many rocket scientists were there now? The fairies were starting to have more influence on our world and packs of them, at least it sounded like packs, would sometimes just howl for long hours, Every now and then, you'd hear someone scream, only to be silent swiftly. Not too long ago, a picture was posted online of three long gashes in the side of someone's house. They were unmistakably claw marks. A group of us in my complex witnessed someone trying to drive away to get away from all this, only to have the car be smashed into on the side by something and then careen into a tree. Were they like ghosts, able to spontaneously manifest in quick bursts? Things were just spiraling into a state of decay, governed by a threat we couldn't see, much less fight. We didn't even know how many of them were out there. If they could vocalize into the open air now, couldn't they just simply yell at you, even if you were listening to music? And again, how long before they could just outright kill you? The phrase when the dust clears became synonymous with when peaks fly. For all we know, that dust would never clear. It's not like there was any wind to blow it away in space. I did harbor the fantasy however of waking up and it magically being gone, with no dust and no evidence of a puffus. Maybe the fairies would be locked from our world once and for all, and society could start to build itself back. I admit that while they made for dimmer daylight, the glowing wisps of dust in the night sky were so damn beautiful. I only wish they weren't tied to our grief, or at the very least, inevitably caused it. That brings me to the present. I finally received one a couple nights ago. A mailed message. Mobile data companies were given as much support as possible to see online since this was the one way the world could stay connected as much as possible. But gradually, smaller companies began to shut down, as the bigger companies held on as best they could, only allowing people to communicate with those of the same data networks, an element completely separating me from my family. The message I got was from no one identifiable. There wasn't a number or anything, but it said something so simple. 
I am about to head out to pick up supplies for the week. I have to get food for my turtle and gecko too. And I'll head over. I think I started crying when I read that because I saw what some meant by those messages keeping them from going overboard. The odd sense of comfort knowing that there were still worlds out there where human life wasn't being massacred for seemingly no reason gave me comfort but at the same time the despair I felt of an inevitable end was conflicting with this newfound feeling of being happy for someone else. I too had a turtle and gecko and I wasn't able to feed them for about two weeks now and I don't know if I will be able to anytime soon. I cannot stand the thought of them dying from starvation. I cannot stand the thought of me dying by the hands of the fairies because they are not gentle. So I decided that I would compose this email and send it to one of my old email addresses while the internet is still a reality. No one was able to confirm it but I hope that my email splits on its way to my old one and across the veil and ends up in a world where the sun shines bright and the world is connected. A world where people don't wish each other away and music is a fun activity to be enjoyed rather than a necessity to keep on living. A world where pets don't have to worry about if they'll be fed anytime soon and parents don't have to feel guilt and sorrow as they watch their children's lives get cut tragically short by invisible savage monsters. With that said, I've decided with an unbearably heavy heart that I will take my own life once I send this out. And as much as this pains me to say this, I think I will be bringing my pets along. I cannot stomach the thought of them dying by my hands, but I cannot stomach the thought of a slow and agonizing starvation with them, continuing to wander each day when the food is coming. I can simply release them. They wouldn't survive the climate. My neighbor was right. This is no way to live, and things aren't getting any better, only the exact opposite. We cannot win this fight, but this is a very personal battle I can win. I won't give the fairies the satisfaction of eating me. Please, please, please don't view me as a selfish or coward. This was the only way I felt I could win in my eyes. I've sent my goodbyes via email to my family, to which none have responded at this point. We are all of the same blood, so I can only hope they come to the same conclusion as I have. We decided our own fate, not some otherworldly beings hell-bent on our extermination. Even as I type this, I can hear the howls outside getting louder by the hour, as well as the knocking and clawing on our doors and windows. It's entirely possible that the signal may not even reach any intended target that it just simply goes to my old address. Sure, my plan may have an astronomically low chance of happening, but the universe is filled of astronomically low chances. The progression of events from the creation of existence itself to me sending this message out was an astronomically low chance. To this day I say, I'm sorry, and I truly wish the best for you. That was the end of the message, but what were they sorry for? I mean, I wouldn't know that was the end of this story. I was confused as to who would take the time to write something like that, but I'll admit, 
I was actually engrossed at some parts, coming back to reality of course at the end, when the sound of the filter of my turtle tank began ringing back into my ears. It was an eerie detail that the protagonist had the same pets I did, but that could have meant anything. Also the phrase, the universe is filled with astronomically low chances, was definitely something I have said. For all I know, there was some experimental computer program that analyzes your comment history across various websites and tailors the tale to you. Clever to use the asteroid that really will come near our planet less than a decade from now, as well to add the semblance of realism to the horror. I wanted to explore more of this terror to see how it differed historically from our real counterpart. Still though, for fun, I like to harbor the notion of what if. What if what I read truly was someone reach across the space and time like a cosmic message in a bottle? What could I or anyone do? That's a rhetorical question, because there wasn't anything able to be done. But it felt as though I got my answer when I reread the subject of the email. If this was true, maybe the writer wasn't looking for help, but a proper burial of some sorts for a world of people who had their lives cut short by something truly evil. Something that had the intention of wiping out humanity without a trace and so this was a victory to send a whisper out into the void in hopes someone somewhere will read it and remember a people that once were. Most of the dinosaurs have gone extinct and yet their legacy continues since the new dominant species it still talks about them and even reads them in some cases. So maybe this was an aim to be something similar, depressing. Still though, I saved it on my phone's notepad with the intention of rereading it later. I even started the email so it would be on my computer as well. This brings us to my long weekend. I had a small vacation from work and I wanted to reread this story to someone. So I first went to my email, but when I opened it, what I saved was gone.